This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Spending on infrastructure in emerging markets could almost triple over the next 20 years driven by population growth and rising levels of urbanisation. According to a report, The Roots of Growth, which has been produced by Cambridge Judge Business School's Technology Policy Programme and the Royal Bank of Scotland, the emerging world will need to spend $20 trillion on infrastructure over the next two decades. That's 158% up against the previous corresponding period. Infrastructure demand is headed by Asia, followed by emerging Europe, Latin America, Africa and the Middle East. Over half of all spending needs are expected to be related to electricity generation, then roads, mobile telecommunications, fixed phone lines and eventually rail. Imran Ahmad is an emerging market strategist who says that countries that will need the infrastructure demand will enjoy high sustainable growth rates. The study is um, extremely broad uh, in terms of the areas which we cover. And I think one of the broader conclusions which uh, the study highlights is the importance of emerging markets in general and the strong growth and development which we're seeing in these countries in in line with the positive demographics, the urbanisation trend that we're seeing. And then beyond that, you know, obviously we we look at 40 different emerging markets in this study. So there's a lot of breadth and depth in, in, in the coverage and clearly the conclusions that we draw for the different regions, be that Latin America or Asia or the Middle East, um, differ significantly. One of the things that does emerge is that there is a global shortage in infrastructure because, as you say, infrastructure is the lifeblood of any economy. Absolutely, yeah. So in the study, what we show is that over the last 20 years, emerging markets have spent around $7 trillion on infrastructure spending. And over the next 20 years, we expect that number to increase to $19 trillion. So that's almost a threefold increase in the amount of spending which these countries need to do in order to meet infrastructure demands. You make the point that investment in infrastructure can provide all-round benefits. Now, high returns for governments and improvements for population in terms of wealth and general welfare. Mm. So those are the benefits. But however, we, we live in financially difficult times. Are investors prepared to, to wager and put their cash into mm. infrastructure? That's a, a really good question. I mean, these are difficult times, but I think one of the key things that the study shows is that, especially in Asia and in the Middle East, we've seen regions and countries that have got vision and plans and they've got strong balance sheets so they can afford to build uh, the infrastructure which their countries need. In other parts of the world, you know, be that Latin America or Africa, there's clearly a lot more challenges to actually meet the financing needs in those places. But I think one thing that's consistent is that even in, in some of these other regions, the amount of infrastructure spending that we've seen in the last few years has been consistently higher than what we've seen in the past where we've had much more stop-go economics. And that's despite the fact that we've gone through the global financial crisis, many emerging markets have continued to spend consistently higher on infrastructure. Like what? The, the, The various infrastructures which we cover in this report are roads, railways, electricity, mobile phones, 
these are all the ver- the various sort of basic infrastructures which we cover and the areas where we expect to see significant expenditure. Now, you said that, that you examined 40 emerging markets and projecting infrastructure needs over a 20-year period. Which of those markets headed the list by way of demand? Which, which market needs more than the others? The study basically highlights that the countries in the Asian region are the ones that have got the highest demand for infrastructure, in particular China, India. These are the, the, the big heavyweights in the region in terms of infrastructure demand. But in addition to that, we've got Indonesia and some of the other smaller uh, economies in the region, Malaysia, Philippines, where demand is also going to be strong. Asia, as you just said, has the highest total demand, but you also singled out Africa as uh, a potential, terrific potential. Absolutely. I mean, we expect, while overall we expect the highest uh, sort of nominal spending to be in uh, the Asian region, the area where we see the highest growth rates is going to be in Africa. And that's clearly because we're starting from a very low base in the African region. Um, but also there's been a big game-changing event in Africa, which is China providing the financing. Uh, and so the China-Africa link is an, a very important one for these countries. You know, China's actually providing the financing, uh, and there's a very strong um, impact when a Chinese uh, company decides to build a road uh, in Africa, it helps produce, take goods f- uh, to port. Uh, there's a strong multiplier within the domestic economy, uh, and it makes us very positive on, on prospects for the for that continent. Is emerging Europe forgotten in all of this? One of the interesting things in the study is that the drivers going forward for emerging Europe are a lot more negative. The demographics in the region is generally a, a negative one, with the exception of, of Turkey. Um, And that overall, therefore, our model predicts that uh, infrastructure spending uh, in emerging Europe is going to be much lower. Can you break down the the infrastructure requirements? Absolutely. So, I mean, in terms of the infrastructure requirements between the the five different sectors which we cover, uh, we expect that more than 50% of the spending is going to be on electricity. You know, that's the, the most important area of spending. That will be then followed by roads, which is going to be the second largest area uh, of spending, uh, and then followed by telecommunications, that's fixed line and mobiles, uh, and then finally rail uh, is a sector that lags. And that's basically because countries' more primary concerns is to build roads to be able to get goods out to ports, uh, and rail is something which comes later on in the development cycle. Your overall conclusion is, is, as you put in your report, a a powerful one. Investors who choose to ignore the consequences of uh, emerging market infrastructure boom do so at their own peril. For us, one of the other key things that we show in this report is, as well as why is it important for investors to diversify into emerging markets, but also who are the winners and losers going to be? I mean, history shows us that those countries that invest in infrastructure uh, they tend to be more productive, they tend to be more competitive, and they therefore deliver higher growth rates. Uh, and if you can print the countries that are going to have the higher growth rates, then asset classes uh, also follow. So be that equities or be that the currencies of the, the respective countries. The higher growth rates you identify as uh, areas are China, India, Brazil, Turkey, Mexico, Indonesia, Vietnam, Nigeria and South Africa. Is that it? Those, those are the key countries uh, where we highlight that the demand is going to be most significant. Um, and clearly uh, for some of the countries in that sample, such as Nigeria, there is also then a supp- supply side question, will they get the financing? And therein we think you know, the China story, which is very important. Being cynical 
about some of this. You know, you can look at some of the African countries and say, yes, there has been terrific investment in them over the years, but where has the money gone? Mm. It has not gone into the, the, the projects and the, the infrastructure that's supposed to have been created. One of the key things, I mean, I've just come back from a trip to South Africa and we were meeting with you know, various authorities responsible for delivering infrastructure within South Africa. And typically, if you went to a meeting you know, four or five years ago, there's a very different tune to the one that we just came out of. Um, I think partly with the Arab Spring that we've seen, there's growing recognition in many emerging markets that they have to do more to deliver basic services to their populations. And that's certainly the case in South Africa, uh, where there are very compelling plans to, um, from Transnet, which is the national logistics operator, and also ESCOM, the national uh, electricity provider, to expand capacity. For example, you know, South Africa has got plans to double uh, electricity capacity, uh, and they've got committed spending to back that up. And Transnet, again, is doing increasingly more to make sure that South Africa can benefit from the high commodity prices which we have to be able to provide mining companies in the interior of the country to move to port as well. So I think there is growing acknowledgement that if governments don't address these problems, then there are social consequences uh, to be faced as well. You know, if you think about some of the trends which we highlight in the report, predicting very high, strong demographic trends, population growth and urbanisation trends. And in in the end, unless the infrastructure is built to support those trends, you'd expect that through the electoral process that people will then vote for uh, parties that can help meet those basic needs. Imran Ahmad, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series. Thank you.